Money is freedom, and freedom is fun. Thanks for joining me today for another episode of Money is Freedom. We're doing a series of podcasts featuring interviews with experts in one of my favorite fields, small business. Today, Rob Barnes joins us from his Chicago offices at Integrated Insurance Consulting. I learned my investment craft starting in 1984 as a trust officer for a bank. One thing I've learned is that expertise matters a lot. It's especially true in areas where a lot of people are generalists. Both insurance and financial planning fall into that category. Hey, this is Dan Danford with another episode of Money is Freedom. Today, we're visiting with my friend Rob Barn. Rob is an insurance professional, and he attracted my attention primarily because of his work with small and family businesses. And just as a way of background for me, my interest in small businesses comes from back when I worked in the trust department of a bank 35 years ago. And my area of expertise was retirement plans, and I noticed as I was working with these successful people, that most of the people who had money had a business as well. And I'm always bright enough to catch on to things around me. And I thought to myself, well, if I ever want to uh, be successful financially, maybe I should have a business. And so I started studying those things and it kind of gave me an entrepreneurial bent. So a good part of my business for a long time has been working with business owners. And I'm always interested in things that will help them along. Now, obviously, insurance is a pretty common product, but what I see is it's less common to have somebody who specializes with this unique group of people. So I'm going to introduce my friend Rob and ask him to kind of introduce himself, paragraph or so, about his background working with those. And then we're just going to talk about some of the issues that come up when we talk to small business owners and their families. So Rob, thanks for being here today. Uh, You're welcome, and thanks for the opportunity today, Dan. Essentially, I, um, for the last 22 years of my 30 plus years in the insurance business, I've only been serving advisors and their clients. And what happened to me along the way was that if if I had a good insurance agent, he didn't need me for the day-to-day household market, but he needed more expertise in the business. Um, I also, you know, like you at the bank, I've always correlated our higher net worth individuals were usually always part of some kind of business situation just the same that successful business can certainly drive wealth so through the years uh, we have just become experts in that arena in the usage of insurance in business and estate planning scenarios and that's how I help advisors in, in those those areas uh, at all levels uh, regarding continuity of business planning is there a major difference other than the size of the case maybe uh, between working with a business owner and working with an individual to buy life insurance? Sometimes and and often the bigger the business, the more that it's a more complicated situation. You know, you might understand life insurance, but then where do we own our life insurance? And if we're using trusts and things to not compound our estate plan, we might need to be aware of uh, 
legal issues as well as well as accounting issues. So they're more complicated cases. They're more involved, and uh, you know sometimes uh, take uh, much harder to get that business owner's attention, quite frankly, uh, and and time to to solve those issues. So one of the things that I would say is that people who have their own business tend to be I don't want to say maybe the word cynical is wrong, but perhaps a better word is more thorough or more questioning, more research oriented. So it's it's not the same product or the same service that when you go talk to somebody at their house about buying some life insurance, that's pretty understandable. But when you get into these more complicated situations, they want more information. And maybe it's because they're going to spend more money. Well, absolutely. Um, the, some of the advisors that I've uh, worked with in the past, you know, we, we, have, we have several cases going right now and some people would choke on an annual premium of $250,000 for your life insurance, but that's where it's just, you know, it's the same thing. It's just some more zeros on the end of their account, right? So instead of $2,500 a year that somebody typically might spend on life insurance, they're, they're at $250,000. So yeah, they're not going to fall for the same stuff or be as simplistic and buy on the first visit as a household situation might be. My biggest challenge with business owners is getting their time and attention. I think a lot more business owners are so busy working in the business, they don't work on the business. And so they don't give us their time for this because they can kick it down the road in in their manner. On a fortunate basis, when you talk about business owners versus working with other people, although they're time impoverished, generally speaking, they make decisions a lot better than a typical household situation might be. There's all different types of personalities, but I find a high correlation between driver type entrepreneurial people and they don't have time to get all the facts. They don't have time to do things perfectly. They're going to make a decision, do something, improve it and move on. So that from some ways they're easier, if you will, because they can make a decision very well once they do, but it's hard to track them down to give them enough information and discuss things so they can make that decision. Again, they're being torn from all ways. I often see in all financial discussions I have with people who own businesses that they're very goal-oriented. So the purpose of buying this policy is to serve this particular goal or objective. And so it does make decision-making easier. I mean, when you present them something and say, hey, this is a way to solve this and it's going to cost you X, they're more aligned with that because they're very into accomplishing specific objectives. Absolutely. They, They rock all day long and this is just another thing it's got to get done. And I, you know, you just brought up to me that in my job, uh, it's often a thankless job <laughs> to some degree. So I always appreciate when somebody does thank me. And I, I'm thinking of a situation with a business owner that we worked with years ago where we were very vital in there with hindsight because he's essentially limited life expectancy at this stage. So his life insurance was a tremendous value. But along the way, to say the least, that I had to push prod pull and so forth him along. And then one night when his deadline was there and he had to meet with me to get this done and stuff or it was going to be pulled, he did. And he thanked me. He goes, look, I know I wasn't the most attentive. I know you reached out to me three or four times before I finally paid attention to you. And I want to thank you for that persistency. That's really all it is. I I take it in stride and understand how they're torn every day with all of what they run. So it's just a matter of staying persistent with people and, and not cross 
crossing a pest line to, to help them. Yeah, I, one time, uh, one of the things that emphasized to me the value of insurance is I worked with a fella, he was a professional, and he started a business fairly late in life. And unusually, he had had a heart transplant. So as a guy in his 50s had a heart transplant, started a business, borrowed money from the bank, and the bank required a life insurance policy, mm-hmm. of course. And, you know, you just scratch your head and you say, well, that that had never happened. But it's not true. I mean, they we were able, they were able to find a life insurance company that wrote a policy. He lived for another seven, eight, ten years, I want to say, and then he died. But even in these unusual circumstances, you can still find a writer out there for a premium amount that will write the policy. Not in every case, but yeah, there's there's things where, you know, what, what I'll say there is that uh, some people tell me they have this condition, that condition, or I've applied for life insurance and I've been turned down and I just essentially say, let me be the judge of that. Right, <laughs> yeah. Let me ask all the right questions and let me work what we work in the system. But there are places in the marketplace that are not your typical household name insurance carriers. They're not even off the shelf stuff. They're very unique where they can uh, do certain things that others just can't. So we're, we're aware of that. And my job is to bring you options and, and uh, ideas uh, to the mix. And, and your job is to act upon them or not as far as client. Yeah. Many times as an advisor, I find myself being the generalist and that's true in, in almost all cases. And you have to bring in specialty knowledge from different areas and insurance is one of those areas. You know, same with legal work, same with, you know, accounting. There are just all kinds of things where you need to bring somebody in with expertise and, and especially with these big cases that are unusual for businesses. So uh, it makes perfect sense. Besides the kind of crush for time that these people have, other unique things that, you know, that you can think of, other needs that they have that need to be addressed that are a little different than the general population? Yeah. I think their needs are just more important from this angle because there's more than just their family relying on them. There's a lot of families relying on them. You know, you're a business owner. I'm a business owner. I can tell you that I have certain things in place for my team if I'm not here tomorrow. And that's how much I care. Uh, That's how much I want to take care of that family, my business family as well. And so, you know, most good business owners care about their team and, and their people, or at least some of them without question. It's just more serious if they don't listen and protect a lot more than just their family can suffer. And and, and that would be what I would consider the most um, concerning or unique. Yeah. So that brings us to another area you and I have been working with a little bit uh, on another project, and that's the idea of business succession. Mm-hmm. And lots of times insurance becomes part of a plan, if for no other reason than to provide liquidity when that moment comes later on down the road. So yeah. can you talk a little bit more about that, some of the strategies and things that are used often in the continuity plan or, or succession planning? Sure. So my favorite question uh, for a business owner is what's your exit strategy? You know, And that depends on who you're talking to, how old they are, how close to retirement, those kind of things. But it's important to know um, a lot of business owners are fooling themselves. They think they have a business that has scalability and continuity and is going to be their retirement fund. And then they find out, mm, I don't have much equity built up in this at all. You know, And so certain service firms especially are that way, right? If, if the local guy who cuts the lawn is no longer there to run that business, 
business, you know, all of his customers are going to find somebody to cut their lawn. You know, him thinking that he's going to sell his business someday for millions, that there's great equity in his clients and stuff, I think sometimes they're fooling. So it's not just the insurance protection side of things they need to be discussing, uh, you know, as we have made up in our presentation of uh, guiding business owners to retirement. There's a lot more there that that they need to be um, aware of and not uh, delusional on, if you will. So if anything, we like to uh, smack you with a dose of reality. My side of those things with insurance and and the strategies, generally speaking, we would look at, my job's kind of easy. Everybody I meet is either going to live, die, or become disabled, right? If we put that in terms of a business owner, if he lives and wants to retire someday, he needs a stream of income or he needs to monetize his business with a pile of money, right, to, to do that. But it's the death and the disability that they often overlook. What happens if you can't work tomorrow? Where is your business? Is your income going to be the same or lower? And so I help people place safety nets under them. The strategy specifically can be just personal insurance. You know, if I have a service business and I know the doors close the day I die, then the idea of an exit strategy question isn't really the right question. It's how am I protecting my family <laughs> and, and what am I going to do about my retirement are the real true questions. We, When there's a business that has continuity, scalability to it, we want to have a business uh, operating agreement and a business buy-sell if possible. And the buy-sell um, sometimes infers there's more than one business owner and that isn't necessarily the case. There's single business owners that you know want to have it go forward. Sometimes it's the competitor that will carry on their business and buy them. Sometimes it's a key employee that will do that. Sometimes they leave the business to their favorite employee. You know, so it's just having a plan just like we do anywhere else. And uh, and then key person is another strategy here. So we might use a buy-sell plan that would include life or disability insurance. And in addition, we might have key person insurance. That can be both life and disability or long-term care too these days. And we not only want to insure the active owner, but the other key people in the organization that make it rain. So th- those are the main strategies and you know conversations, if you will, from there it gets uh, you know a lot of legal and detail to know, but uh, that's the general sense of what we want to. We just want to make sure they have a plan. Their plan may or may not include insurance, and the more it hurts when they die or become disabled, and the less assets they have, the more insurance is important. And I think it's interesting. What I've seen is that, especially like in our business, which is a service business, kind of like your lawn service business, yeah. you know how you operate the business can can have a lot to do with whether it has value when you decide to leave. Absolutely. Um, you can build a business that has enterprise value, or you can build a business that's tied directly to you and it has no enterprise value. Yep. And so one of the things I find myself as an advisor when I'm working with these businesses is to help them create a business that does have enterprise value. And part of that enterprise value is the ability of the business to continue after you're gone. Yep. That's what somebody's going to buy from you, basically. Yep. One of the ways to do that is by ensuring those things, you know, that if I'm gone, there still will be enough cash to keep the doors open tomorrow until we can find a buyer to come in and work with them. So from, you know, operating like an enterprise to moving through to succession, uh, insurance can play a big part in, in how that all works out. Absolutely. So to the other advisors who might be listening to us today, how, how do they know when to give you or somebody like you a call? What are the, what are the red flags? Sure. Well, when they're uncomfortable, 
comfortable would be my first test that they they feel they're not confident and and therefore competent in a certain scenario. I see a lot of, you know, I know a little bit about your practice after us working together and uh, you don't shy away from business owners. I know a lot of people in your space prefer to just work with executives or higher income earners or middle income markets and so forth that they they don't feel equipped and they don't target or they're not as well uh, able to help a business owner. So in, in any time that you have a business owner that you need help Help with structuring safety nets for them and protection for them, covering for the what ifs uh, that can happen in there. Give us a call and discuss the situation with us. You know, we work with a varied amount of advisors, and some know absolutely nothing about what I do, and others, you know, do it and might be peers, if you will. So we can help you as little or as much behind the scenes or directly with your client. We can help get it done for you if you don't want to be involved at all. We've grown our services to work with any type of advisor or it doesn't matter what your focus is or what your compensation model is we can help you I, I would lastly just add you know we work with life and long-term care disability and annuities and and again I just everybody I meet is either going to live die or become disabled and I have financial products and tools that can help in in all those situations yeah I, you know there was a time when I was uh, licensed for life and health but I never sold a policy in my entire life and have no interest in doing that. I mean, I I understand it. I I get why it needs to be there and stuff. But when it comes to the details of it, that's not my thing anyway. And so I would rather have somebody else. And what I have seen is that there's a huge difference in the quality of agents or people, producers Mm -hmm. out there. There are some people who, you know, are great talkers, but their their knowledge knowledge level isn't that high. And then there are other people who uh, probably aren't such great talkers, but they have a very high knowledge level. uh, You kind of have to match those people up with the people you're working with so that you can, so they can get what they need. I wouldn't say that a business situation is one to learn on the job on. Uh, (laughs) No, absolutely not. It's not not one of those. I I would, and and this might sound perhaps arrogant, uh, if you will, of me, but it's, it's just what I've learned in my business about what I do and about the other people that I work on. And this is not just the financial planners. This is me dealing with an attorney of a client or an accountant of a client. But I just assume you know nothing until you prove to me otherwise. It's just a safer way for me to operate. You might have sold life insurance or have been life insurance licensed before and stuff. But uh, if you're not in today's game, you know, a large part of what's missing from people's thought processes out there, if you will, is they just assume they can buy life insurance anytime they want to buy it or other insurances for that matter. And remember, you need good health and money to buy it. So to kick the can down the road on this one could be an extremely costly situation. I'll share one story real quick to emphasize this point because it's just so sad. I have a financial planner that's in your world and he had some hangups about being insured. 
is, and he disclosed those to me along the way. Unfortunately, as I was trying to break through those barriers and um, understand what was keeping him from being protected, uh, he got cancer. Along the way, he bought the practice from his partner and he's the sole owner of it. He employs about five people. He now has two precious little girls that he didn't have before. And we needed time to separate from his cancer history. And I literally just, it was in my call schedule, not his, to show how important I think this is. I'm calling him to make sure he gets insured. And uh, we took an application on him. And within a couple of weeks of us taking the new application for him, because he's been cancer-free for a number of years, we it was in my schedule to say, hey, you're maybe insurable now, let's try again. He just disclosed to me that he did a Cologuard test with his doctor and it came back positive. And so the, the worst part, literally just yesterday, I received the tentative word from the underwriting that he's probably standard. So we have, you know, they don't have everything yet. They don't know about this issue yet, but they're going to have to find out and there's no doubt about it. So he's scheduled for his colonoscopy just in case the Cologuard test is not, uh, it rarely gives a false positive is my understanding, but it could be. And he's going to get the colonoscopy and everything. But here's a business owner in our business who's not protected, has no safety nets under him. And so I try to make sure that doesn't happen. And I can only move as far as advisors and or clients allow it to happen. It's it's your situation. Right. All you can do, that's what I do when I talk to people too. You know, I show you, this is what can be done. Yeah. This is how we do it. And if you want to move forward, then we will. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes that works out terrific because we have some great, great clients. But other times people walk out the door and I think, man, I, I, I just feel bad that they can't get it, but they just can't get it. And Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I have this acronym that I call DIPS and I think it's appropriate to discuss this now. I think I've shared the article with you that I wrote on it, but DIPS is an acronym that I've uh, developed. Uh, it stands for denial, ignorance, procrastination, and the S could be a few different things, but I use stuck and stubborn. And if your client's more than that, you might think of some other S's that apply. <laughs> of course. But at the heart of what we do, we're in the same business, we're counseling people, right? And, and as a counselor, the main thing we're responsible for is behavior modification, right? And, and set goals and help you achieve goals and so forth. And so I realize how subjective insurance is for people. By knowing what a client is stuck on, it helps you and I react to that in some way, shape, or form, right? right. Uh, if they're in denial, I have to try to get the root of that. You know, And I've had people, believe it or not, who think they're not going to die <laughs> in my lifetime. Now, it's rare. It's extremely rare. I'll say that. But when we talk about disability with people, I can share any stats I want with somebody, they might still just be pointing the finger and saying, that's the other guy. It's not this guy. Right. You know? So at least life insurance is a little bit easier to get across to people. But that's a, a form of denial. The ignorance is certainly overcome with education, right? Uh, we just have to take our time and educate. Hey, you just, you know, I was on a, a call earlier this morning of a business owner, quite frankly, and um, the, I was told by their fee-only advisor to help them with disability and life insurance, and then they both need long-term care. Anyway, the long-term care was not discussed any further than they should look at long-term care. So they knew nothing about it today. So we're going to address the other things for him because that's most important and pressing. And the long-term care is going to be that they're right now ignorant of the need and the value and all those things we have to educate there and then 
see what they think, right? Procrastination is probably the biggest one, both for business owners and everyday people. Yeah, yeah, when I'm less busy, I'll get to that. When I'm less busy, I'll get to that. And again, this is where it isn't just a financial purchase down the road. This still has to be healthy for this too, to, to buy insurance. And so sometimes you take the risk. And I, unfortunately, I tell people every day, either I can't get you insurance or it's going to cost a lot more than you think, or, you know, uh, this would have cost half the price if you listened to me three years ago, sir. And we don't usually pull that, but you know that inside and it stinks. As far as the stuck or stubborn, you know, I'll go back to this advisor that I just referred to. And this is where he was stuck. As weird as this is, it was that hidden objection, if you will, that we had to draw out through more conversation and dialogue with him. And it was very simply, he goes, look, I'm going to tell you, since you keep bugging me about why I don't have life insurance right now and, and don't own it and stuff, he goes, I have the same problem as my dad. My dad never bought life insurance because he always thought the day he bought it, he'd die soon after. And I kind of feel the same way. And so he thought it was a bad omen for him to have it. And so now when we finally got over that thing, it was too late because he caught cancer. People are funny and irrational. I had an attorney kind of wrap things up and it's kind of interesting. He told me he did some estate planning for a couple, entrepreneur and spouse sitting there. And the notion was life insurance. And he said, well, what happens if something happens to you? What happens to your spouse? And he said, well, you know, she'll remarry anyway. You know? yeah. And the attorney, the attorney said, man, I'm just telling you, it's one thing if she remarries because she wants to, it's another yeah. thing that she remarries because she has to. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's the thing is people don't think about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just or worse. They don't care. Well, oh, they that's, care. that's the worst. I, I have literally been in more than one home in my lifetime with people when asking that question, the answer was, I don't care. When I asked what happens to your family behind, the answer was, honestly, I don't care. And from my angle, we're we're on one of those S's, perhaps. If there's nothing I can say, nothing I can do, go on to the next person that I might help. You, you are blocked and you are off on some tangent and maybe somebody else will get you straight someday. But that's a generally not an attitude I want to contend with at all in my business. <laughs> yeah. And one of my insurance guys gave me uh, gave me one time a bit of advice and he said, Dan, we're, he, he looked at me and we've been together for a long, long time. We've been mm-hmm. both working the business yep. for a long time. Yep. Dan, we both have gotten to the point where we no longer have to work with people we don't want to work with. Yeah. And you know, when he said that to me, I thought, what a luxury, <laughs> you yeah. know, because when you start out, you scrape and fight for every, every client you can yep. get and you work hard. Finally, you get to a point where you're dealing with people you really want to help and who really appreciate your help. And Absolutely. That, that, that is the blessing in business is when you uh, finally get to that point. Absolutely. And uh, we, we've grown with NAPFA and um, we're in that light where life's too short. Absolutely. You know, I know what I, I know the value. I, I know the stereotypes and all the uh, things people think about insurance people. I'm not naive to those. And some of that is deserved by some bad apples out there. But my product is still a, a valued product in the financial planning. In fact, I will just comment lastly that a lot of financial planners that are newer in the business tend to neglect the protect first and then save kind of mantra. But I've always thought, you know, 101 of financial planning is protect what you have first, then you grow and accumulate. And I'm going to tell you the universe out there is not thinking the same way. I I think some of it has to do, I don't even think that the fear of dying is number one fear out there. The fear of running out of money in retirement is the fear. And now that people are living longer, I think some people just think, well, they're going to live long, so I don't have 
have to worry even about some term insurance. And, you know, how silly is that? Do you yeah. not watch the same six o'clock news that I see? <laughs> you got to take care of the client first. Yeah. And, and then it comes back to you. And I know that's the case with you and your business. And that's why I wanted to spend some time talking about insurance today. Because, you know, so many people, like you said, have bad ideas in their head when it comes to insurance. But we see insurance as a way to solve problems, to, to help, help people move forward. Yeah. And I think it's a real, for, for uh, generalist advisors like me and other people out there who have specialized needs to call in the specialized help when they need it. And that helps them get what they need to do. So, uh, Rob, I want to thank you for taking time with us today. We appreciate it and share this story with others who listen to our podcast. Thank you so much for being here and we'll catch up with you again later on. You're welcome and appreciate it, Dan. Thank you. There's nothing better than authentic discussion with genuine experts. You can check Rob out at his website at Integrated Insurance Consulting. In this world of sensational journalism and news as entertainment, our talks about money offer some thoughtful suggestions about success. For contrast, there's an old investment story where a crowded vendor is selling fishing lures on a wharf. The lures are uniquely bright and colorful, and he can barely keep up with demand. A would-be fisherman hollows over the den. So do the fish like these lures? The crusty old vendor grins and answers back, Mister, I ain't selling them to fish. Investment salespeople understand this. They have a new and exciting investment idea every day. Those CNBC talking heads are interviewing the flashiest expert with the shiniest baubles. It's alluring, intriguing, and distracting. And it sells. What it doesn't do is catch fish. If those ideas can't get you to where you are going, then they are poison to your plans. Let's work together to reach your destination.